0: What's up? Welcome to this video on common instructional design challenges and how to solve them. Hannah and I have come up with some questions for each other which we haven't shared. And we're going to spit them at each other and get the other person to try and solve them to add value to you on the spot. Hannah, I'll start with the questions. My first question is, (laughs) are you nervous? (laughs) No.
1: We're doing a human-centered design approach, yeah?
0: yeah well that's what we're about girl in it that's awesome. Yeah. it is it is yeah i guess it's kind of going to be sharing insight into our thought process and how we solve problems when they come up so yeah. it will be using our human-centered instructional design approach to answer the questions or the common challenges that they have as instructional designers yeah all right first question <sighs> you've been told to storyboard a compliance course how do you start
1: um okay so i think storyboarding and compliance course the first thing would be to understand what the business is actually trying to achieve um is it just like a tick the box sort of thing or is it is there actual behavior change or things that they want to have happen within the organization so to do that i would run a discovery workshop to find out more about the problem that they're facing i wouldn't just design a solution from like a powerpoint or anything like that because that to me is not creating training that's going to make a difference um, Unless I just need to find out more, unless they've done the work and it in a good place to develop, but I think the space that i would be in is find out more, be curious and figure out what the true problem is. So yeah, running a discovery workshop, through that workshop, I would have a success statement agreed on by all of the stakeholders, the necessary stakeholders. Um, And once that success statements agreed on, I would figure out the why and complete other human-centered design activities to help me get the information that I need to storyboard the compliance course. But I think the main thing is just curiosity, finding out the true problem, coming up with a success statement is like essential, which we've realized that for every single thing we do, we need to have a success statement. It can't just be create a compliance course. It has to be like, what are we actually trying to achieve? And then I would definitely run human-centered design activities to create content that's realistic and will make a difference in the world of the learners completing it.
0: Beautiful. I love that. So, it sounds like you do a lot of work, not a lot of work, but a lot of things before you even sit down to storyboard. Yeah. I think that's a big key takeaway is don't just jump straight in. I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Next question, what do you do if a stakeholder wants to keep adding content? So what I
1: do every time that the stakeholder wants to add content, I would refer back to my success statement. So every project that we do has a success statement and it's our indicator for success in the future if the project goal is met. So what I would do is I would ask the stakeholder in a way that doesn't create defensiveness. So this is the the wording I would use. I would ask them, how does adding in that information help us to meet our success statement? And then that enables them to think about the information that I'm adding. Is it actually helping us to achieve our goal? And I would maintain a, a frame of mind of curiosity. So I wouldn't instantly say, oh, they're just adding all of this information and it's not useful because potentially it is. So I'd be curious and yeah, ask them, how does that help us to meet our success statement and then make a decision from there.
0: So proud of you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All my learnings from Kim Tui. (laughs) People use the language, I'm an aspiring instructional designer. What's your mindset tip for those that use that language?
1: I think it's not aspiring I think we're all instructional designers no matter what stage that we're at and I don't think it's about being the best and reaching for a goal where you're like the perfect instructional designer that you want to be I think it's around enjoying the instructional design process and seeing every day as a learning opportunity and just yeah, it's almost like not seeing it like I have to achieve this level, I have to be as good as this person in the industry, or I need to be as good as this person in my team. It's just like, what can I learn today and how can I better serve my clients and the learners? So it's like, a journey. there's not really a final destination, it's just a journey. And every day you learn something new. And as long as you enjoy the process, if you're not enjoying the process, you're not in the right career try something else, but I think it's, as long as you enjoy the process and make the most of your life as a whole, you'll love what you do and make a difference.
0: I'll just summarize that by saying you are or you are not. Mm. Next question. Uh, There's so many ways to apply instructional design, methodologies, activities and processes. For someone who is feeling overwhelmed with this, what's an action they can take to become unstuck?
1: I think so rather than just looking at all of the different possible methodologies or processes that you could use, an action that they could take to help them become unstuck is to figure out the true problem. Like I was saying earlier, figure out the goals for the success statement and then just being really clear around what actions you need to take to meet that goal so it could be like what actions do the learners need to take to meet that success statement and rather than looking at all the different methodology methodologies and processes just thinking if they're the actions that the learner needs to take how can i create the most realistic learning solution to help them achieve that to me it is just about being realistic and aligning with their context and that's where the human centered design process comes in that is like my main focus so I think for me to become unstuck and the way it worked for me was just human centered design focusing on the end user and making that your prime (laughs) attention place that makes sense does that answer yeah
0: yeah what I'm hearing from you is You know, what is the problem I'm trying to solve right now in this moment? And what's the most realistic, effective way to do that? And that's how you select and cut through all the noise. If that's what you just ask yourself, those two things, it cuts through all the noise. Last question. What should someone do when they're trying their best? So whether it's storyboarding, working with stakeholders, project management, and it doesn't go to plan. Um, what
1: should they do if they're trying their best and it doesn't go to plan? I think it'd be reflecting on the actions that you took. So, like reflecting on what you actually did, and the results that you gave you, that it gave you, and then thinking about how can I improve or evolve my process to get a better outcome? And that's what we would always do. So every time we work on a task, the way that we worked on that task two years ago would be so different to the way that we work on it now. Because every time you do a task, you learn something new. And it's like what I was saying about the journey. It's not about being the best. It's about every single day experimenting and learning. So I think don't be hard on yourself and just say, oh, that was like a terrible outcome or it's not what I wanted to achieve. Just think, what can I learn from this experience and how can I do it differently next time?
0: Incredible. I just wanna take a moment to fucking acknowledge you girl. Cause like, just what you've just given, like you have to, what she is saying is exceptional advice. And you just have to go back and watch it and really take action on it. Cause if I think about even four months ago, the things that you're talking about now, they were challenges for you and you were in the learning process. And now this is us like kind of reflecting and you're going, now you're giving that advice out. Whereas in the past, it was me giving the advice and then you've gone and experimented, seen it work and now it's having that impact. So I just feel very inspired and want to acknowledge like, yeah, who you are and what you're about and the value that you just brought. That's fucking incredible. Thanks Kim, It's lovely. No worries, mate. Um, Are you?
1: <laughs> what's that? Are you ready to give your value to the world? I've got some challenges for yep. you. Challenge
0: you- me. else before we moved on? I just wanted to as well, like, you can see, Hannah, when I ask Hannah a question, she's writing it down. When we talk mm-hmm. about what's the true problem that you're solving, what she's actually doing is picking out the key words of my question to go, what's the problem Kim's asking me to solve? And then that's how you're able to give a very targeted and refined answer back in response to add value for that problem. Mm. So you start to see how everything we're saying is interlinked. And if you think about that and what she's doing there and how that applies to your storyboard um, and your role as an instructional designer, there's so many transferable skills. So just to pay attention to things like that. But yeah, I'm ready for a challenge now. All right, let's do it.
1: So, your first challenge, Kim, is your learners aren't disengaged with the learning solution that you've created.
0: They would never be disengaged with a learning solution I create. So, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's already out in the world. Mm -hmm. And I created it. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't sound like it would ever happen, right? We need to end this video now. (laughs) I need to go talk to them and find out why they're disengaged because I think there's lots of different things um, that could be playing there could be conflicting priorities so they're not giving they're not being given dedicated learning time to complete the learning Mm. because if we've followed our human-centered design approach it would mean that the motivation is right and that framing of the learning and why it will add value to their lives and what's in it for them should be right from the very beginning of when they first interact with the learning experience Mm. so therefore i would say and we would find that out because we would have spoken to them so we're regurgitating their motivation back at them Mm. so therefore if we've done our human-centered design approach i'd say that it's not the solution that's the problem the learning it's actually the environment the context and the culture that they are within. So it's not a skills and knowledge thing. It might be that going back to that they haven't been given prioritized time to complete the learning, and they still have phone calls coming through, or their boss saying you need to do this project. Don't worry about the learning. Um, if they're disengaged, yeah, I think we need to clearly understand what does disengaged mean. Is mm-hmm. that that completions are not happening? Like what specifically is? disengaged and that would help us unpack what is the actual challenge that we're facing which again is then creating a new success statement we're not sure in the problem right now yeah um, because disengaged means many things and it might not even be the right language or word to frame the experience of whatever is playing out Mm. love it that's
1: so good that's like systems thinking that's really Mm. high level thinking I love that.
0: Do you want to explain systems thinking for someone that that might be a new concept to? Uh,
1: Yeah, so systems thinking, it's like there's so many different things that impact a situation. So it's not just, like you said, it's not just the learners disengaged. Like what other influences are there? Is it like the organisational structure? Is it their supervisor? Is it the location that they're in? And it's just about, correct me if I'm wrong, this is how I see it. It's like all the different things happening around the situation that's contributing to that happening so it's about being curious and thinking about all of those different things that could contribute
0: yeah the easiest kind of way for me to remember that is i think of an iceberg image and mm-hmm. there's the tip of the iceberg disengaged whatever that is say you do define it and it's dis- uh, the tip of the iceberg is um, only 25 percent of people are completing the learning solution then yeah. what is all the things underneath the ocean that we can't see that are playing out and impacting that? That to me is a a good visual to remember systems thinking. Yeah,
1: that's really good. Nice. All right. Next challenge. Um, so you've been asked to create a course, and you've been given a stack of information, and you're sitting there and you're
0: overwhelmed. What do you do? just regurgitate (laughs) the advice that you've given (laughs) um overwhelmed I'd be very clear on what's the problem I'm trying to solve right now so go back to my success statement of the project if I don't have one I would make one and continuously just checking what is the problem I'm trying to solve how do I effectively solve it do I need a scenario do I need to speak to someone to understand something better and that comes down to the project as a whole and that comes down to one page on a storyboard as well so at all levels of the project i'm continuously making sure how is this helping me achieve the success statement Mm. that's what i would say nice maybe as well when you're overwhelmed i think you know the problem is is that you don't have a clear path Mm. you need to make a plan And when you go, what is my success statement? What is the problem I'm trying to solve? What do I know? Write all the things. What do I not know? Write all the things. And then put actions against. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know where this is. I don't quite understand this yet. Here's a question I'm going to write for myself to understand that better. So (laughs) taking, that could take you half an hour. But that would save you hours over the life of the project. So that planning time up front, anytime you're overwhelmed, you just need to plan and yeah. write, do exactly what I just said then. That helps me anyway. Yeah.
1: No, I love that because I, I definitely went through a period of time where I would just r- get really overwhelmed. And for me, I'd just probably be going through that information and pulling out all the parts and putting quickly putting it into a storyboard and trying to fit it all in and make it look nice when I think what I learned from you and what – has so much more impact and saves you so much time is like you said, taking the time to plan, writing out what is the goal, what actual actions do they need to take? And just, it's almost like making it more simple. Like you're really simplifying it by writing it down and just not like getting rid of all the clutter. Um, So yeah, it doesn't have to be overwhelming and don't just like jump into trying to do the task as quickly as possible take the time to plan because it saves you so much time and I can say that from experience it took a while for me to understand it from Kim like I was always thinking I just need to get in there and do it but I think now that I've started planning and taken that time I can see now the impacts that it can have so finally Kim (laughs) you have shown me the value of planning and everyone should do it even like you said like the writing down part can be so freeing for your mind just writing down what's a problem what do I need to do what actions do I need to take so yeah thanks for showing me that Kim (laughs) Um, okay so all of your stakeholders have different opinions on what the project should achieve
0: you do that's the creative conversation so it has to happen up front to get everyone on the same page so Mm -hmm. you think Pull all the people into the room that have an opinion that actually matters um that could say no at any point in the project in to co-create a success statement because through the questions that you ask which are the questions in our playbook our human-centered design playbook or they are actually there's a video on youtube around the creative conversation as well so go have a look at the creatorhub.velvistastudios.com. If you look at our online course, there's a free preview and that is actually the creative conversation. So you can go have a look and we talk you through tips and contextual support on how to run one. But just quickly now, the problem is, or what what a creative conversation enables is to get everyone on the same page and it is co-created. So everyone believes that they've had an input their voice is heard their perspective is heard for the right reasons as well because it's important to have all those perspectives so they're contributing it gets rid of ego it gets rid of personal agendas and it actually helps you achieve the outcome that you are trying to have an impact in terms of business results or learners and their lives so that is what you need to do is co-create a success statement together that considers all of those perspectives so that later on, like Hannah said earlier, if someone says, oh, but I just want to add this in or why don't we do this? You can just come back to checking, is this a personal little agenda that you're trying to slide in or is this going to add value? And how you do that is you go, help me understand how this will help us achieve Mm. the success statement and then it plays out from there. You make a decision. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't.
1: Love it. Um, so I'm going to skip that one because I feel like we've covered that. But so your last one is you don't have a strong enough understanding of what you you are training as the instructional designer. What do you do?
0: <laughs> That's the beauty of human-centered design and the instructional design process is you don't have to be an expert ever. Mm. If you trust the process, you are able to discover what the most effective Training is and i think it puts you in a beautiful advantage position to not know anything about the training that you're going to create because when you do know those things you have bias and preconceived ideas and assumptions of your perception of the world that you put into the solution but not everyone experiences the world like you do so the benefit of not knowing about the stuff is if you trust the process for example if you went through our playbook and just did it step by step or pick the things from it to help you create a solution that is actually going to change behavior that solves the right problem that's all that matters so yeah i think there's a real kind of mm, letting go and Mm. i don't know what it takes the pressure off But at the end of the day, we're just problem solvers. So we should be able to have a process, which is our instructional design process, or we use human-centered design applied to instructional design like together. So what I mean by that actually is we use human-centered design activities as well as action mapping. We've kind of integrated them into a perfect little thing that works for us. So that's our process. We know that it works. We apply that process to any problem, because at the end of the day, as an instructional designer, you are a problem solver. It doesn't matter what you're training. It doesn't matter the problem that is being faced. The process is what gets you from the problem to the solution. I love that.
1: You're all over it. Very cool. Okay, I have one more for you. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus bonus challenge. Yeah, go on. So I just, yeah, I was thinking there is a problem that I think people would face um, as instructional designers. So I want you to imagine that you're in a learning and development instructional design team. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, You want to create really great learning solutions, so you're passionate Mm -hmm. around what you do, but you have a very small budget and minimal resources. What do you do?
0: You need a clearly defined success statement to understand what is the behavior change that needs to happen. That can literally take you five minutes to figure out. You then want to probably validate that and just check it. You could skip this, but I recommend you do it. And the quickest way to do it is to email it to your key stakeholders and say, can you just please confirm that this is the problem we're trying to solve? And they just need to write back, approved or not approved, give them a deadline. If they don't write back, at least you've given them the opportunity to have an input. And if anything comes up in the future, you say you had your say and you didn't do what you needed to do. Another little tip on that actually is when you send an email, because I'm thinking about time efficiency here, is in the subject, say for action in capital and then the subject. Cause that allows people to know that they need to do something as opposed, and that's how you give it priority in someone's inbox when they're getting heaps of emails. So you got minimal budget. Then what you need to think about is the next question. When you get approval on that success statement is what does this look like in the real world? It's very quickly to do that. Like Hannah just said, imagine you're in an L and D in-house team. What do I do? Close my eyes. Imagine I'm there. So whatever your success statement is, imagine, what that looks like in the real world when it's done and then you think about what's the most efficient or the most effective way to communicate that real world back to the learners is it for example what's coming to mind straight away is is it a poster demonstrating that success statement those behaviors with little like I don't know if you think of manually hand, manual handling it's the correct position. Um, of like sorry that was me drawing the little stick man in the correct position (laughs) Um, with the knees bent the back straight or whatever so showing demonstrate what the outcome is we need you to squat like this Um, and then maybe little arrows going do this and this and it just goes in a lunch hall you could grab an image off google make sure you copyright do that reference thing properly and print it out and hang it up and have it done within half an hour you know so what If I just go back, another idea actually, just to let it play out is, um, so if I, do you want to give me an actual thing, a problem, like a training thing? Uh,
1: Supervisors don't know how to hold performance conversations.
0: Okay. So, we want the success statement would be something like supervisors are holding effective and timely uh, performance conversations and then you would need it more defined. But I know that it literally – and you give me a parameter. How quickly do I need to achieve that success statement? Uh, by, like within a year. Within a year? And how long do I have to work on the project?
1: Um, one month. Make it
0: really short. One month of full-time work? That's easy, mate. Yeah, okay. What? 10 minutes or something.
1: Oh, really? Okay, Um,
0: 10 minutes, 10 minutes. 10 minutes, okay. What I would do is I would jump on YouTube. Oh no, sorry, not on YouTube, on Google and I'd Google um, leadership quotes and I'd just grab a big library of them quickly, save the images. Um, and what I would also think about is real world what does it look like in the real world when effective conversations are happening when should they be happening what are some things that people could say in 10 minutes I quickly just put into a word document this is what it is and then I'd actually spend or so is it 10 minutes now 10 minutes for the lifetime of 10 minutes and then I can do anything in the future
1: uh, I don't know. I no, to... let's
0: make it really really hard it's 10 minutes only and then i need to go on with my life we got literally 10 minutes and then i never allowed to look at this project again mm-hmm. okay so i'd spend five minutes going on google and finding quotes on leadership and communication and i'd save them quickly and then i would spend the next five minutes popping them into either yammer or facebook or an email and basically have them scheduled to be sent out one a week to everyone that is impacted by this. And that would be my solution.
1: It just shows like it doesn't have to be bells and whistles and amazing full on (laughs) big videos that are like really well produced. I think it's a really great reminder that it is the best thing that you can do as an instructional designer is to discover the real problem. And I think if we can all focus on that and then think about like what is the most realistic solution and often that realistic solution that aligns with their context doesn't need to cost a lot of money and doesn't need to take up a lot of resources sometimes it does but there are always other options like you just said like it can just be a poster or something simple like that and that can have such a big impact
0: And you think about that specific success success statement, why I went there is that behaviour change takes time. And something like this is going to, we need to tap into intrinsic motivation. We're doing spaced learning, quote, tip, quote, tip, every week, reinforce that over time. People can interpret quotes themselves and go, what does that mean for my world? What does that mean for the leader or the supervisor I want to be? What does that mean for... And then they make their own action plan. They put it into practice themselves, not being force-fed the solution. We're all dealing with adults. They're not babies. So they have an interpretation of a way of being in the world. So let them do what they need to do themselves with that. Yeah. And I think another nice demonstration of what played out there is, you know, when you put parameters on yourself, it like my brain went into i need to be really clear what is the problem you know i've got 10 minutes and this is like that's a big problem that many people every organization we talk to has that problem to solve within um, and that's never been a solution that we've done but it just shows you that when you put parameters and have a clearly defined success statement problem that we're trying to solve that your brain goes into a different space on how to pro problem solve because I cut through this is how we've done it in the past this is how we'd usually done it this is how I've heard people do it and it was just like this is the problem how do I solve it within these parameters and just some sort of clarity comes through in your brain to mm-hmm. be able to come up with a solution that is actually effective yeah that's cool well done good job this I feel like that was like I love this video mm-hmm. um We'd lo- actually let us know, because I feel like we're trying to challenge ourselves to, this is our own development, right? That's why we don't tell each other the questions before. So we're trying to embed our own learning from the things that we're experimenting with. Let us know what you found valuable about the video. And we'd really appreciate your feedback in the comments because we don't normally get that. So we're just kind of doing our own thing, actually. But we reflect, that's the difference: is We actually reflect on how this went and what we think. And that's why you keep seeing different formats and evolutions of us um, but yeah just you could share us some love anyway if we've added value to your life but if we've added value to your life then this will probably add value to someone else's life so we really appreciate and recommend that you share it with someone so that we can help the world be a better place through the work that we do because we have huge impact as instructional designers we create one solution that impacts many humans those humans interact with many other humans And it's a huge ripple effect that can change the world. So please do share this with people. Thank you, Hannah, for your good questions. That was fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you everyone for watching. Peace out, homies.